hello and uh, welcome to another episode of Pep Talk, the persuasive evangelism podcast, the podcast in which we help you think about how you can share your faith in Christ naturally with friends and neighbours and colleagues. I'm Andy Bannister and I'm joined as ever by my effervescent co-host, uh, Christy Mayer from the other end of the country. Christy, how are you doing today? Effervescently well, <laughs> once more. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> yeah, it's well, it's, well. You know, what are we now? 60 episodes in or something. So it's trying to think of a new adjective is the challenge every time. <laughs> I think we may have used that one a couple of times already, actually. We're going to work on this, but um, yeah. Christy, who have we got on the on the show today? Who's our who's our guest today? Well, we have the wonderful Justin Briley. Justin, hello, welcome. How are you doing this morning? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. And I'm sorry it took so long uh, after being chased for a while, and we finally managed to find a date. So yeah, really good to join with you guys. And- it's great. We were saying it's going to be great. It's great to have you on the show, Justin, because both uh, Christy and I have uh, have been on on your show, uh, unbelievable on, on on premiere. So we're looking forward to turning the tables this morning. Well, I'm looking forward to be to being interviewed. Chris, Christy was actually at our last in-person conference as well, um, which was great as well oh, back wow. in 2019. Because we um, remember those days when we used to do things together. So anyway, yeah. Well, it, obviously, you know, unbelievable is a connection we all kind of have, and that's that would be a great place to begin the conversation today, Justin. Because unbelievable, how long has unbelievable been going for now? It's is it 11 years? Uh, oh no longer believe it or not it's it's more like uh 15 years actually 15 years. Uh, as as a radio show it started um the end of 2005 and um then it began as a podcast a couple of years in so we were kind of early adopters on the podcast front um and only relatively recently have we started doing video stuff as well so so that's been in the last three or four years that we've yeah. we've really done done a lot of video as well with the show but yeah. yeah it's been it's been a long time you know that we've been doing it there yeah well in that kind of time in all those those years through the different formats radio and podcasts and now doing the video and obviously you've got the big conversations kind of series that spun off one of these I'm conscious of you've got, you've got this great resource of conversations that you've curated mm-hmm. um but there are some. I've always thought there are some helpful ways you can use that resource, and there are some unhelpful ways. I remember somebody once saying to me they, that they'd really enjoyed listening to an episode because they'd watched some atheist get beaten up by a Christian. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm not actually sure that's the vision behind it. I suppose my opening question would be how how can how can Christians get the most out of Unbelievable? Because mm-hmm. you know it's such a great resource, so many good things there. But evangelistically, what are what are some thoughts that you might have on how we can make the most of that? that resource yeah. that you and Premier have created. Well, well, as you say, hopefully it's not just to watch a kind of dogfight and, you know, see the other person get trounced that you don't like. Um, it's it's meant to be much more. And I think this is the way most people do engage it is is a way of understanding, learning how to dialogue, how to listen, how to respond, how to have fruitful conversations. And the fact is, you know, in the many years we've been doing it, there have probably been some not very helpful examples of that on the show, some unfruitful conversations. But even those can be a learning tool you know because you'll you'll sort of pick up actually what didn't go well and then you'll kind of learn from people who do it really well I mean both of you guys are were excellent examples when you've been on the show of how to do a great fruitful conversation with someone who takes a different perspective on from you on something and and I personally have learned so much in the process of just sitting down listening to people have those conversations and partly it is about the confidence that it breeds as well I think I think so many people because they never do those kinds of conversations, they don't they they shy away from ever having conversations because they think, oh, I won't know what to say. I'm, you know, um, but actually just listening to people doing it kind of helps you 
to understand how to do it yourself. So I think that's the big the big value of it. It's it's helping sort of breed, if you like, good conversations between Christians and non Christians. That that's so wonderful to hear, Justin. I mean, it's just such a wealth and um, the unbelievable episodes. Thank you so much. They're such a gift to us all. And actually Andy and I were joking beforehand who your <laughs> the worst guest was that you might have entertained on the show. So thanks for putting up with both of us. Um <laughs> I suppose because you've had just such wonderful interactions with so many people, you've come across so many ways of articulating the Christian faith and um, helpful ways and unhelpful ways, as, as Andy mentioned. What what have been some of the most kind of compelling uh, ways into the gospel that you've come across that maybe you've just stolen and used in your own conversations with friends and others? For, for me, I think... There's sometimes there's just a magic combination of things that make for a really engaging um, discussion. So obviously, it's great when you've got the intellectual firepower of a great apologist or thinker, okay, and and you can kind of make the the rational intellectual arguments for for some aspect of Christianity or belief in God and so on. But but when that's married with someone who's genuinely interested, genuinely engaged. And, and genuinely wants to um, get to the heart of something, get to just not just to the intellectual issues, but to maybe the emotional heart of something um, and start to have that kind of level of a conversation alongside the intellectual one. That's when, you know, you just feel things like go to a different level. Um, so a good example of that, you know, one of our all our favorite apologists, I'm sure, John Lennox, you know, is just such a wonderful person in terms of being able to bring that that academic kind of you know intellectual side of things but he's always you know I know John and he always wants to get to that point where you're having a genuine heart to heart you know mm-hmm. and um and that won't always happen depending on the person you've got opposite you but I have seen it happen a few times with John on my show like I did amazing that one of our big conversations out in the US um back back end of 2019 was um with Dave Rubin, who's a well-known kind of talk show host and YouTuber out there. Uh, And it was interesting because even though it was on stage and in a very public, you know, sort of thing, it it just went to a different level than these things normally go to because they talked about the intellectual issues. But, But John would just very gently and persuasively kind of pressed in on where Dave was at in terms of his own beliefs, faith, background, culture, and and it was just a, a a beautiful sort of example of of how to kind of yes deal with the intellectual issues but but sort of move beyond those and be willing you know to take the risk of sort of asking the the personal question and 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 that kind of thing um so yeah that's that's where i think you you have you know potentially a, a really a really great conversation on your hands is when you kind of go beyond just the intellectual stuff mm. well in terms of kind of conversations justin obviously most people you know, listening to this, who are aware of you, will have it very much in their mind. There's Justin behind the mic, uh, you know, emceeing, refereeing. If you want to describe some of those conversations, but also, I also one of the things I've appreciated about you know the, the time I've known you. I also know that obviously you're very passionate about the gospel, uh, kind of your, yourself, unbelievable in a sense represents your heart in that in that sense. So how how do you then go about those? conversations evangelistically on your own kind of context with with neighbors with friends that kind of stuff because clearly i suppose you don't you know with your next door neighbor you don't sort of you know set up two chairs and go let's have a debate across the back <laughs> style so so when you're engaging in more personal evangelism in a kind of everyday context what are some of the things that you found helpful 
Uh, what are the kind of ways that you go about about that? Well, the first thing I say is, have you heard of the ontological argument? No, I don't really. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, no, yes, I mean, that's... <laughs> I was my chat-up line when I first met my wife, actually. And, uh, you know, here we are 23 years of marriage later, so can't go wrong with the ontological argument. Uh, no, also... <laughs> I, mean, I mean, genuinely, obviously, sometimes, you know, some of the interactions I have are with people who have come to me or come across my path because they've come across the show and and so so sometimes there is a sort of a beginning that is at that intellectual level because they've maybe got some question about christianity or whatever and and so i field a lot of emails you know each week that come in from atheists and agnostics and where you know they just want to ask something and i'm fine to do that i don't mind kind of engaging in that but i I do want to move it on at some point beyond those kind of what can become kind of sterile you know well-trod arguments um and definitely in the personal interactions um the, the, the place I would tend to want to always move the conversation in is away from the kind of abstract issues to, to to the person of Jesus. You know, that's always where I kind of want to land up. And so, you know, frequently, you know, some of the things that have come up in the past year in conversations has been, you know, where is God in all of this suffering and coronavirus? And, and again, you know, you could do, go down the sort of here's a great theodicy to think through this or whatever. But I tend to just, in the end, sort of shortcut that and say, it's a, it's a mystery. It, I'm, I'm not going to be able to give you any great answer on that. But I do know that Jesus knows exactly what this is like. Um, I believe in a God who came to in, in experience our life, who lived through suffering, pain, but who in a miraculous way transformed it and redeemed it and and you know obviously doing that hopefully in a way that's appropriate for the person I'm speaking to but but kind of giving a sense of of what's at the very core of what I believe and not just the the kind of philosophical debates but but to say at the center of this if there's anything I want to give you it's this person Jesus Christ and the way that he transforms the way I see the world and the suffering that we all will experience in that um yeah so so that's kind of where I would, I would always kind of be trying trying to bring things land things if you like um and that's even in the kind of more intellectual debates i've been part of uh, it's always been my feeling like i I wouldn't want to leave a debate having not mentioned jesus sort of thing if if it's all just been abstract god notions then i feel like i never really got to the core of what i actually believe so so for me that's that's pretty pretty key Hmm. one very quick follow-up question before i think christy's probably got something she wants to sort of press into justin i mean i what would you say to somebody who says you know well, this, this is all very well for you kind of justin you spent 15 years thinking about these things you've engaged all the arguments you spent all of your time immersed in this and the same would go for perhaps christian life it might go you know you three in this conversation you're you're professionals you know but uh, i'm just an everyday christian you know i've just about done enough time to hold my job down i don't have time to read and immerse myself in everything so i can't possibly talk to my friends about christ because i don't have the expertise what would you say that is there anything you would say to sort of perhaps encourage somebody to you know with what they can do to be to be to be leaning in more to more to evangelism because i i don't think you would you would assume that evangelism is just for professionals right mm, mm, no far from it and to be honest i've seen far more effective results from non-professionals and from professionals you know in all honesty sometimes because the problem with the professionalization of evangelism and apologetics is that it can become almost quite insular and quite sort of um, rarefied in, in the way it happens. And you never, sometimes you actually never end up talking to normal people uh, because of that, everyday people, or you almost lose the ability sometimes to talk to 
um, to, to, to normal everyday people. And so for, from that point of view, I actually think that the problem sometimes with, you know, people tuning into podcasts like Unbelievable or whatever, where maybe we're doing things at a certain level is people think that's the level that a conversation is always going to have to be at. But reality is, of course, no, it's, very rarely is it going to be, you know, your Richard Dawkins and your Tim Keller kind of, you know, chatting over the garden fence. So it, it's about sort of maybe trying to find the principles and and just to, to engage those in those those conversations. But really, the, the key thing is, is, is rather than rocking up with all the answers, which none of us will have inevitably, just simply listening to what the person has to say. I mean, I, I, you guys know this, of course, but it's it's about genuinely, you know, helping that person to feel that they're being listened to. And whatever your answers may be or your suggestions, making sure that it is a conversation that kind of has a, you know, leaves open a, an opportunity to, to keep it going, um, you know. And, and that may be <clears throat> that you point them in a direction of a resource or something that might be helpful um, along the way. But uh, I, I don't think, I think people are less interested ultimately in having some kind of great packaged answer and much more interested in in feeling like they're having a genuine conversation with someone. And if you say, oh, I don't really know, mm, I'd have to think about that. Um, that's fine. You know, that's normal. That's human. Um, I... I even when I'm talking, you know, with with atheists on podcasts, you know, when we're doing discussions, I, I'm quite happy to say, hmm, don't know, not sure about that one. Haven't really worked that one through entirely. And that's, you know, I don't feel ashamed saying that um, because otherwise, you know, you, you you set up this false idea that you sort of have to be some know it all in order to to be an evangelist. Um, but and and you know, it goes without saying that so much is about the way we say it and the the heart that someone you know people are reading us not just the things we say but our attitude the way we're bringing ourselves across everything like that the persuasiveness of evangelism is is only in a sense in a small part the actual things we say um and and the arguments we bring it's it's much more about whether people feel like they would want to be you <laughs> essentially would i want to be this person if this is what christianity looks like essentially is is half of what people i think are reading in a kind of conversation or an engagement um and that makes for me a huge difference and, and actually i've known some great apologists or thinkers let's say who haven't don't really know how to do the other bit which is the the personal intuitive bit um and that's that's kind of and some people who don't have all the intellectual answers have that in in buckets actually um and and can you know god can use them in great ways because of it that's such an encouragement to us justin that yeah, our our lives make our words speak much more loudly, don't they? I, I see that a lot too. I think just uh I was just wondering about your um your lovely wife, Lucy. She's a she's a minister of a church in Surrey, isn't she? That's right. And uh, what does this look like for you as a as a team and through the local church? How do you go about evangelism and apologetics? Do you do you have any ideas for us that we could take away? Yeah, well, I mean there's there's the, obviously the on the personal side, there's the kind of one-to-one -one conversations and interactions that we have um as a church you know we try to sort of regularly in our teaching and preaching series um you know come around to specifically evangelism or some form of sort of practical apologetics we we did last year a, a sort of big question series so specifically getting people to send in their questions and lucy and i would try and respond to them and do it in a kind of tag team sort of preaching way um, and just get people thinking through those issues and, and how they would 
you know respond to them themselves with friends so i think there's that that important element of just modeling it from the front and and being willing to sort of open up dialogue and discussion and and just make sure that you are talking about you know almost the treating it as a natural expectation that you will have conversations with people you will see you know that's that's part of the normal christian life if you like um obviously coronavirus has massively changed the, the dynamic of what that looks like for most people so that's been you know a, a key challenge in the last year but interestingly um on the online side you know loads of conversations have opened up that just wouldn't have been there because we were we've been forced to do everything online and suddenly we've had quite a lot of new people coming to the church digitally and remotely and a lot of them very much on the fringes of of belief and and so on but finding something interesting and 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 that's you know been great to be able to sort of start to message people and 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 have some of those conversations there and again it's it's about obviously not being pushy or trying to kind of you know immediately get someone signed up to an alpha course or something like that but but about just trying to 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 kind of engage naturally with where they're at um if possible find an opportunity to to have a, an actual you know f- well face to face but you know what i mean a kind of you know something where you actually do get to talk to them at least rather than just be facebook messages or whatever um and and that's that's been great that's been been a, a great opportunity i think to see see some really interesting conversation start up with people um and yeah it, it's it's as simple as really again doing what i said you know listening to where they're at what their issues are and just loving them and trying to to answer their questions where you can um but yeah i suppose just being being willing to put yourself out there and not sort of duck yeah. duck those opportunities when they present themselves yeah i just obviously um as well as the presenter of unbelievable and big questions all this stuff you obviously you've written one book unbelievable but i also know that you're working on a on another book that's uh actually quite intriguing we were chatting before we we started the record button tell us a little bit about about the the new writing project and uh, and why particularly you think it's ex- exciting yeah so um I, I don't know if you guys have been been aware of this i'm sure you have richard dawkins story recently um and he you know the preeminent face of the new atheism and so on um has recently been stripped of his uh, american humanist association uh, humanist of the year award that he received back in 1996 apparently and it's because of some tweeting that he'd done around the issue of transgender um and it was just one example of the way in which i think in the you know if, over the last few years we've seen a, 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 an implosion of what was the new atheism um basically <clears throat> you know lots of people in the mid 2000s um agreed that god was an ever so silly idea and we should replace it with science and reason and um and that seemed to gain a lot of steam and books best selling books were published and lots of blogs were launched and conferences and everything else and then it all started to unwind and fall apart and um i just have no having noticed that phenomenon the way that in my opinion new atheism has kind of imploded and is is very much an old old thing now um a whole new conversation has begun in its place and it's been um again it's in the secular sphere but it's an interesting bunch of thinkers who are willing to reassess the value of christianity again rather than throwing it out as as dawkins and, and hitchens and arguably harris and others have had done in the past uh, and that would include obviously phenomenons like Jordan Peterson, but it would be, you know, a, a Douglas Murray and Tom Holland. And even, as I mentioned, people like Dave Rubin and, and other people um, who are kind of uh, suddenly having interesting conversations about what do we do 
with life without a guiding narrative without a story to live by living in a very postmodern i make my own identity way in life and everything else and we've seen the way that that has blown up in terms of the culture wars and in terms of the everything else going on around that but i think there's just an i think sometimes it's helpful to 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 have something which helps the church to kind of look at the what's happening in the culture and and, and sort of trace a particular path and maybe a what questions it raises what answers the church may have what opportunities it presents um as if we believe that god is moving in the background and working through it all so that's what uh, the book will be really it's about you know how the new atheism got old and the new conversation that's beginning in the in culture around christianity and faith so um yeah i'm excited i think i think it'll be you know um a challenging one because it's a big it's a big kind of meaty <laughs> complex topic to take on um but it does tie into a lot of what I've been sort of interviewing and discussing with people on the show in the last mm. several years. So, yeah. I think what's so helpful as well for, for Christians, right, to be aware of the fact there are these voices in culture who can actually be surprisingly helpful in evangelism, right? I mean, Tom Holland, you, you mentioned there, Tom's book, Dominion. I mean, I have found that so useful for dropping into conversations with friends, um, you know, to say that there are people who who don't share my Christian convictions, but who are nevertheless saying some things that I think are worth are worth, mm. are worth, are worth, are worth noting. And I was again saying to you before the show began, my you know my wife is in the middle of a very interesting long 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 sort of long term conversation uh, with a friend in, the, in in our neighbourhood, and that was sparked by Douglas Murray's book, um, The Madness of Crowds. And of course, Douglas is is, is an atheist and, and, and gay and doesn't believe that Christianity is is true. I think, but he does obviously think there's much in Christianity that's 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 very helpful and and laudable and even even quite noble. Actually, I think at times, and mm. that book has sparked a whole conversation. So yeah. So I think well, I think I, I think in a way it's about sort of identifying often the the prophets outside the church, you know, that that are nevertheless being used in interesting ways by God. I mean, Tom Holland and I know the podcast will probably go out after our our um, conference has happened, the unbelievable conference. But um, due to be with us at that conference um, now, not a as you say, not conventionally a kind of evangelical Christian by any stretch, but um because he's got such interesting things to say, I wanted to have him there and have a conversation as he'll be having with, with N.T. Wright um, at the conference. Interesting, though, Tom Holland, and um, this went out in a, in a recent unbelievable show, has gone on quite a major journey, actually, when it comes to his own personal engagement with um, Christianity. And um, to all intents and purposes, I think he's happy now to de- describe him pretty much as a Christian. Now, he'll happily say, I have major moments of doubt and sometimes it all seems crazy and other times it all seems to make sense. But um, he's, he's actually one of those people actually who, who I think is, is happy now to say, look, um, I identify far more as a Christian than as anything else. Um, and, and so, so that he's been on a very interesting journey and I think it's just fascinating to see some of those currents going on in the culture. Now that's just one person, but very significant person, someone who, you know, people take seriously uh in the secular world and doesn't you know doesn't just exist in our camp if you like and i think as you see more and more of those names where they seem to be sort of straddling you know the the two camps uh it's just it's just generating some really interesting opportunities and i've seen had so many people now bumped into unbelievable because for example we had jordan peterson on a few years ago and um suddenly a wave of 
the fans, you know, Jordan Peterson fans came in and they're all kind of so interested and reimagining, you know, having, you know, heard Christianity is a fairy tale from Dawkins, suddenly someone's sort of saying, actually, maybe there's something in this. And and I think those conversations are going on, you know, not just, just in these sort of the blogosphere and everywhere, but actually in our local area, um, I constantly meet people who are starting to talk about these things because especially Jordan Peterson has, has kind of blown that kind of whole conversation open in a, in a really interesting way. So, so yeah, it's exciting times. Well, we really look forward to reading. I think I really look forward to actually seeing what your thoughts are on that, Justin, as to what accounts for that shift between the new atheism to this, to this openness. So we would look forward to that because the book is coming out September, 2022. That's the plan. That's the plan. I mean, you know how these things are. Um, uh, There's a lot, lot, lot needs to be done between now and then, like actually writing it. But um, the, (laughs) the, um, that's, that's the plan. Yeah. That's the, the the general look of it things. So yeah, uh, I'm excited. It's been, it's been a good while since the last one came out. So I figured, Hey, maybe time to, to, to get back to the keyboard and and write something. (laughs) And as somebody once said, the most, the most exciting times in an author's life are when the book contract is signed and the book is published and everything in between is just sheer stress. <laughs> Good. Well, I'll come to you for some advice on that, Andy. All right. Because you know, you're, you're a writing machine when you get to it. I know what you're like. I need oh, to yeah. do something when like, I get like to you it. do. When I get yeah. to it. I love, I love deadlines. I love the whooshing <laughs> sound they make as they go by. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Justin, thank you again so much for joining us today. It's been an utter pleasure chatting with you. Again, I feel like we could just keep going for hours. So thank you so much, brother. Uh, I think that brings us to the end of another episode of, of Pep Talk. Andy, it's been a joy. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks, won't we, with our next guest. We will indeed. So to all of you, wherever you are, thanks for listening and goodbye. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of Pep Talk, the Persuasive Evangelism podcast. This is a listener-supported podcast. We can only make it with the support of our friends uh, across the country and around the world. And if you'd like to be a part of that community, simply visit the website, thepeptalkpodcast.com, and click on the Support the Podcast button. If you sign up to support uh, Solas and the podcast for as little as £3 a month, as a thank you, uh, we will send you a free copy of my book, The Atheist Who Didn't Exist, or if you prefer, Christie's book, More Truth as a thank you and through your support we can keep making more podcasts like this one